Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you since 1997 on KKUP Radio with over 250 guests and still going strong in their 12th year of weekly broadcasting, the International Taz and Paula Show brings to you expansive, engaging, and groundbreaking intensity on radio and now on the Internet airwaves today. Listen live every Thursday or visit Embracing Mother Earth's archives, exclusive articles, ask questions, and receive actual answers from guests anytime at TazAndPaulaShow.com. Taz and Paula's special guests are experts coming from all walks of life, energizing our lives with a passion that inspires and teaches us with each of their compelling personal life journeys with roots from ancient wisdom and bridging it with modern science. We hope today's show touches the wisdom of your heart. And now, Taz and Paula. Good morning to everyone out there. Our guest is Robin LaPlante, a spiritual messenger, counselor, teacher, and ceremonial leader internationally. She is able to see and communicate with the spirit world and the angelic kingdom since early childhood. And she's able to bring forth messages to assist one on their spiritual life journey. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show, and I'm Paula. And I'm Taz. Well, Robin LaPlante is the founder of White Wolf Journeys, an enterprise specializing in creating transformational experiences to sacred sites around the world and inner journeys of self-discovery at home and abroad. Following the path of the ancestors, Robin has been able to immerse herself in indigenous cultures around the world, experiencing ritual and ceremony to both honor and connect to the vine, only to discover there is a universal desire amongst all people to experience and express love. Robin says this year's focus has been on the element of water. We must Pay attention, close attention, to the intelligence stored within water as it can open our awareness to the new world we are creating. Water has long been associated with the dream state and is most sacred of elements to the goddess. It is the source of all life and we must continue to respect and honor this sacred spirit element and we are ourselves composed of 80% water. Through the research and study of prominent scientists, human consciousness Dr. Emoto has documented in numerous studies that the effect that our human consciousness has on water. And now Robin also says the first spirit beings came as whales and dolphins and began the experience an enlightened being living in the celestial waters on Earth. Robin LaPlante is rapidly, there is rapidly changing times. Our channel messages of truth and guidance that you bring forth are so highly appreciated, and thank you for spending this time with us today. We're going to really enjoy this interview, I'm sure. Now, Robin, are you there? I am. Oh, great. It's nice to hear your voice. Um, today, because I get your emails, you talked about the full moon today. It's in Taurus, and it's a very powerful time. Could you expound on that a little bit? 
Absolutely, ladies. And it's lovely to speak with you this morning from Mount Shasta. Ooh, yes. <laughs> the uh, significance of this full moon, it is so very, very powerful. It is known for the Celtic beings, the Druids, even the Native American Indians. It's identified as the morning full moon. And to expand upon that, what that means is we have an opportunity this night to really clear out old energy patterns. We can mourn our past. We can grieve the past. We can cast aside our burdens. We can come to a place of forgiveness, which then creates a place of stillness and oneness within ourselves. And what makes this such a powerful full moon tonight is it is, of course, falling on the eve of what's known as the 11-11-11, which takes place tomorrow. And actually, the first wave of that energy has already begun because it occurs in New Zealand. So this is a night that uh, many of us have reached kind of a culmination of energies. We've, For many people that I've worked with and spoken with over the last few months, it's felt like they've been in a, a spin cycle. It's been kind of an emotional roller coaster ride. We have a lot of things coming up, facing our fears, facing our insecurities. Many people are going through experiencing physical imbalances. So this is a night to really gain some clarity and to really let all of this emotion that's been brought up in what I call the spin cycle to be cleared and released from your energy field. So what time does this what time does the uh full moon hit? Well, uh, depending on Depending on where you are in the world, it's at different times. I am looking at the significance tonight as falling between the time of 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. In fact, we're having a wonderful gathering of souls that are uh, coming to celebrate this full moon. And we're creating a circle of light to not only create a healing aspect for each individual personally, but it is my belief and much of the beliefs of many of the indigenous cultures that our world is all joined together with this beautiful cosmic spider web of light and that that light touches into the heart of every human being. It touches into the spirit of the trees and the stones and the waters. And when we have these powerful times, such as a, a full moon cycle, this is when we have an opportunity to really join all of humanity together, and that's really the purpose of what's taking place tomorrow with the 11-11 energy. So this is a night to prepare for that. It's a night to clear out our human body temples of lower thought forms of, as I mentioned, the fears, the insecurities, all of that emotional upheaval that so many people are going through so that tomorrow we can align and become that vehicle that can bring in the energy of love and that sense of unity. And we can make that connection through this wonderful cosmic spider web, supporting each other, putting aside any religious differences, any cultural differences, but just seeing each other as one pure light. And there are enough people on the planet at this time that are awake to do that. And there are, I know of, hundreds of gatherings that are taking place to align with this full moon energy all over the world and also tomorrow with the 11-11 energies. Well, that's it. Robin, I mean, without, oh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, Robin, um, is there a particular area that people can join with you if they're close by to Shasta and they want to be uh, with you? Absolutely. I have it actually posted on my website. We're creating the circle um, in the home that we're in, in Mount Shasta, and it sits in a wonderful sanctuary surrounded by trees, very healing trees. It is directly in front of the mountain, and if people are interested in participating in either the full moon ceremony tonight or joining us for the 11-11 celebration tomorrow, they can go on to the uh, website, which is whitewolfjourneys.com, and there is a, a place on the website, um, Upcoming Events, and it's posted to that website. And we would love to have, uh, we've got a wonderful, wonderful gathering. Many, many people are being called to this mountain for this particular time. We have people coming from literally all over the world for this. Well, you know, it's kind of exciting, Paula. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Paula and I have been talking about this, how we've been feeling the energies over the last few days. Working up to this, it's it's. You've been like a week or a week prior to all of this. It's just magnifying everything and um, making some feeling a little dizzy, you know. <laughs> I know I've been light. I've been lightheaded myself, and I thought, oh, you should feel the uh, energy up here on the mountain. It is literally oh. vibrating. And um, last night, as the sun was setting, I have never seen the mountain so illuminated with light. It was breathtakingly gorgeous. And just as the the sun was setting and this beautiful amethyst ray was coming across the mountain, the moon literally rose as though it was coming out of the mountain. So it's uh, many, many people are just feeling this uh, energy of, uh, it's like things are being amped up inside of them. And the moon very much impacts our inner living waters and because we are 80% water we really feel the impact and we start to feel the energy actually three days before and it can be even more intense at the beginning so it actually began on Monday people really beginning to feel these waves of energy and with this alignment that's taking place with the 11-11-11, it is literally shifting the bile circuitry. So that's why people are feeling kind of lightheaded, kind of spaced out, a little dizzy, a little unable to focus. And every month we have this different energy that comes in with a full moon. Every month we're growing. Every month we're changing. And the moon is directly connected to the divine feminine energy to the goddess, water being the element that's so closely connected to that feminine energy. So it impacts all of us in different ways. But this, I have to say, is truly a supercharged energy. And it's because, of course, it's falling on the eve of this 11-11 alignment. Well, over the last week... I was going to say, with all these people doing ceremonial ceremonies and um, bringing light together all over the world, there is bound to be change just from us all coming together. Oh, absolutely. And that's actually, I've had a lot of people ask me, what what is this 1111 that everyone keeps talking about? 
a lot of people have no idea what it is, but yet they're feeling the impact of it. And for me, ever since I was a child, when I would see the digits 1111 on a clock, I would literally be pulled into looking at those numbers, and I couldn't take my gaze away until it literally turned to 1112. Well, more and more people are experiencing that, and I'm finding that I will turn my cell phone on, and it will be exactly 1111. I'm getting very significant phone calls that happen to come in at 1111 or emails that come in at 1111. And what the 1111 is, it's a seed code that exists within all of us. It's in our cellular memory. And we've all gone through this amazing life journey to reach this place in the evolution of humanity. And it's culminating with this wave of energy that will be coming in. And literally it's a wave because, as I mentioned, it begins with New Zealand. New Zealand is the first place that experiences the sun rising in a new day. So it's designed to just be this beautiful ripple of energy moving across the planet so we are all experiencing it at different times but there are so many souls that are consciously awake that are either going to be joining together in circles or doing their own personal ceremony and it's just as powerful for you if you're not able to join in a a community or a circle if you can just take the time to be still at 11-11 there's a wave of energy coming in in the morning Um, which is very much an earth energy, very grounding energy. And then a second wave comes in in the evening at 11.11, which is more celestial in nature, more of an opportunity to really connect to your divine spiritual aspect of you. But if you sit in stillness at either one of these moments for 11 minutes, there are millions of people that are joining together and Again, it's weaving that web of light through our heart center that I've shared with people. Just sit in stillness, light a candle, take a deep breath in, feel your heart center opening, and you will feel your connection to these millions of lights around the planet. Be holding that space. Receive what you need that will support your journey, and then just visualize our entire globe being joined together with this golden light that's woven around the planet like a beautiful spider web. And with that many souls all focusing at the same time, absolutely there will be change because we're going to impact the waters of the planet and water holds a consciousness. And for the Maori of New Zealand, they believe that the Pacific Ocean holds the consciousness of the god and the goddess energy and that all other bodies of water hold the consciousness of man. And with this 1111 energy, it will change that programming into the sacred waterways that will then have a huge impact on the planet. And then water, as it changes on the planet, will change the thought forms of every human being that walks on the planet. And this 1111 code, this remembrance that we are truly each divine, that we are truly equal, that no matter what pain or struggle or suffering we've gone through, we can wash that away and step into our full potential, step into the service that our soul's been brought here to do. And then step by step, 
that will change the energy of the planet. Well, this is, I mean, this is very magical to be alive right now. It truly, truly is. Now, it's really funny. We were talking about 11-11 when 11-11 was on the clock. I know. I love it. I love how Spirit does that. <laughs> well, you know, over the last week, it's been kind of interesting because I um, I put up a, a huge waterfall in the living room that I haven't had up for years, and I just... I was so fortunate that I could do that, and um, you know the water is just so great to hear it run <laughs> and trickle down. It's just wonderful, and I hope other people have that ability to be able to bring the water into their life somehow because it does it does open up centers for them, even if it's just a bowl of water. Because just as each human being has a different personality, perhaps a different gift that they offer the world. Different aspects of water have different properties to them. And you mentioned that waterfall flowing. Waterfall, when the the water is surging like that, that brings in the energy of reclaiming your power. It brings in an energy of real purification and cleansing. It's that power that comes from the flowing water. But if people bring in just a bowl of water, and I've often suggested that with full moon energy, take a bowl of water, put that bowl of water directly out underneath the full moon energy, and the water will literally capture the energy of that full moon. And still water has a, a healing property of reflection. So it is bringing in the energy of the full moon that will empower us but it gives us an opportunity to reflect and look deep inside of us so that we can gain a different perspective to perhaps some of the challenges that we've gone through or even some of the people who are in our life. We can see them in a different perspective, in a different light. Instead of that thorn in our side, we can understand that that person is on our path and has created that challenge for us to give us an opportunity to look inside ourselves. And one of the um, things that I believe so strongly in my heart, I recently had an opportunity to be with the Dalai Lama in New Zealand. And one of his messages that was so profoundly touching to my heart, he spoke in a very calm, a very quiet voice, and he shared that the person that has betrayed us, the person that has disappointed us, the person that has hurt us, is actually one of our greatest gifts because it is that person that is allowing us to practice our mastery. And our mastery comes from having the ability to walk a path of compassion and forgiveness. And water, still water, that captures the energy of a full moon. We can use that water to drink some of that water, and it can put us in a place of calm and balance We can use it to wash our hands, and symbolically we're washing our hands of everything we've been holding on to. So the element of water is so very important, but for you to have the waterfall, that's you calling in your feminine power. So that's fabulous. My whole backyard's a waterfall. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So you have a sanctuary. Yes. I need to use it more. Um, I was just <laughs> given an opportunity, and this um, there was someone in my life that was very judgmental, 
And so I got kind of upset around this whole thing, and I thought, wow, I'm being judgmental about the person that's being judgmental. So I was just uh, increasing that power. So I stepped back and and looked at that piece. Wonderful. So that's practicing mastery. What a gift. Yes. And when you talked about that, I go, wow, she gave me a gift. (laughs) So what are you doing on, actually doing on 11.11? I think you call it sticks. Uh, Well, at 11.11, again, I will be here in the uh, sanctuary of Mount Shasta. And we have, again, a group that's gathering. And we're actually doing two different ceremonies. In the morning, we will. I work a lot with uh, sound because I believe that sound is one of the highest healing modalities that we have. It can alter our thoughts, it can literally alter the physical body temple, it can bring in healing. And my guidance being here on the mountain with the master teachers that work with me is to begin the morning by really clearing the emotional body clearing the physical body, so we'll be doing ceremony, and then at 11.11 we'll be holding the stillness, holding the silence. And then I have been, uh, from a recent trip in New Zealand, I was gifted with, a from a Waitaha elder, several pieces of what's known as punamu, or greenstone. And this is a, a very special stone that's found in New Zealand. It's found in a particular river the Aranui River, and it is a stone that's known to be the stone of peace and the stone of reconciliation. And the way greenstone comes to the earth is whenever there's an earthquake and the earth splits apart, then the waters bring the greenstone to the surface. And that's very symbolic about much of what's been going on this year for many people. It's as though we've gone through our own internal earthquake things breaking apart, the foundation, actually the foundation of illusion being broken apart and creating tremendous and dramatic shifts and changes in everybody's life. But the greenstone is presented from the water as a healing tool. And the greenstone holds the energy, as I mentioned, of peace and reconciliation. So I have been part of my journey as an earthwalker been traveling to different parts of the world and gathering people together to do prayer and ceremony and then depositing those prayers and that vision into sacred waterways, rivers that um, from the very source then flow into lakes that then flow into the ocean. And water has scientifically been proven to be a conduit. It's a communication conduit. So all those prayers and all those intentions that are placed into the stone flow into the water and it just has this, again, that ripple effect across the planet. So one of those stones I have here on the mountain in the group that gathers, we will be putting prayer and intention at the time of 11.11 and then we will be going to the source of the headwaters that flow directly from Mount Shasta. And many believe that in the mountain itself is the inner city known as Telos. And I've been coming to this mountain since 1994, and I have personally had unbelievable encounters and experiences with individuals from the inner mountain. So we will be placing that stone 
in the river, the river that flows into the lake that then flows um, eventually into the Pacific Ocean. And then the evening, we will gather again and just be doing prayer and a lot of uh, bringing in vision and guidance and activating that 1111 code, which is the seed of the potential of who we are. And the 1111, if you look at literally the symbology of that, it looks like it's doorways. And literally, this energy that's coming in is designed to give each person clarity and understanding of who they are, their purpose in being here, and then we make a conscious choice to step through that doorway into our full potential. So that's what we'll be doing here on the mountain. New beginnings. Now, how did you start uh, your journey? I know you go all over the world and visit different um, sacred sites, and you actually do readings and... um, so how did this start? Were, were you, um, as a child, did you do this type of thing? Well, ever since I was very small, at the age of four, I began to have a reoccurring dream. And I would have this dream literally two or three times a week. And it was a dream where every time I fell asleep, I saw myself literally flying over a cemetery. And as I flew over the cemetery, I would see hundreds and hundreds of bodies. They weren't dead. They were asleep. And when I flew over them, I would see them rise up and awaken and step forward. But when you're four years old, this is a very eerie dream. So I knew that when I would go to sleep, I was going to have the experience. And it got to a point where when I went to bed, I remember completely covering myself, my head, my arms, nothing could be exposed because I knew this dream was going to happen again. And every time I would hear a very clear voice say to me, never, never fall asleep. You're here to awaken those who have fallen asleep. And again, this dream would go on for two or three times a week. It went on until I was about five, maybe five and a half, and then it stopped. And then I was always kind of a different child because I'd always been able to see into the unseen world. I could see the fairies and the elves. I would communicate with the animals. And I was an only child, and I spent a lot of time alone. So I kind of lived in my own little world. But then at the age of 10, I actually lived in a neighborhood, too, where there weren't any children, and my mother worked all the time, so I was alone a lot. And I had invented a game where I was playing volleyball by hitting a ball against the garage wall. And I remember, again, I'm I'm 10 years old, all of a sudden this ball of light moves towards me, and from that ball of light, the image of a woman steps forward, and she has an animal, a white wolf, alongside of her. And I'll never forget, she says to me, you're never alone. We've brought your soul here for a reason. You won't understand until you're older. But so that you don't feel alone, the white wolf will walk with you. And I remember she touched me, and this energy went through me. And from that moment on, I I didn't really understand everything that I had come to do, but I understood that it was connected to the dream, and somehow it was about awakening people. 
And then when I was in my 20s, I would start to have other experiences, and people would come to me, and I would see their guides and their loved ones alongside of them, and I knew that I was just to be a messenger. And then um, I actually had, when I was in my um, early 30s, I had a white wolf as an animal, um, as a as a pet. His name was Apache, and he came to me through a client. And right after I got uh, the animal Apache, I was visited by the elders, and I was told to go to Sedona. And I went to Sedona for the first time, and that was in 1994. And um, I had the elders come to me in Sedona and, and tell me that it was time for me to now begin the journey my soul had been brought here to do and that I was to travel to the four corners of the world and that I was to awaken the Rainbow Tribe and that I would find them and the elders would know I was coming and I just needed to follow my guidance. And I remember thinking at that time, well, how's that possible? I don't even have a passport. But I can say that I have literally followed their guidance and I have been on every continent, including being with the penguins in Antarctica and the polar bears in the Arctic, and I just continue to follow their guidance. And I've been very, very blessed. Wherever I've had the vision or the guidance to travel, the elder, the shaman, the holy man or woman has also dreamed that I'm coming. And we've been able to connect, and they have shared their knowledge and their wisdom with the intention of passing it on to others and literally awaking everyone to the truth that we're truly all the same. We desire the same thing. We desire happiness. We desire family. We desire love. We desire health and well-being. And we're all striving towards that. We're all trying to remember this journey. So it's been a wonderful, amazing journey. Every day I give gratitude and thanks for the people that I meet. And the messengers come from, it could be the the small little child that I sit next to on the bus, or it could be the elder who knows that I'm coming. Each person that I meet, though, touches my life in an amazing way. It's almost so like that you bring all the energies that you've touched back with you. And when people work with you, they're able to be weaved into all the energies. Is that true? And that's exactly what it is. If I'm called to one of the last places that I was called to be uh, was to Spider Rock, which is in Canyon de Chez in Arizona. And that is a very, very sacred place to many of the Native American tribes. It is a place that the ancestors would come to when they felt that they had many burdens, that they'd lost their way, that their journey had become very heavy. It was a place for healing and nurturing. And it is also the source of the cosmic spider web. It is the place that the web that weaves us all together across the planet begins. And next year, my guidance, every year, I am shown the energy of a particular year. And there's always a messenger animal or a messenger presence. This year, for example, 2011, I was shown was the year of the rainbow serpent. And there was a whole energy about that. For the aboriginal people, 
which is the oldest indigenous tribe that still walks upon the earth, their belief is the rainbow serpent is born in the sacred waters around Uluru, which is in the heart of Australia. That is very much the same cosmology, the same story as the Native Americans, the indigenous people here in North America have about Grandmother Spider. And what I've been shown is 2012, the energy of that is about Grandmother Spider's presence being restored and the remembrance with this 1111 code that we're all connected, we're all woven through the web. So I carry with me two very sacred tools that have come to me. One in 1999 is an obsidian stone being which is an obsidian crystal skull. And obsidian is literally known as the stone of the shaman or the seer, and it's also known as a stone that absorbs negativity, transforms it, and then puts it out as light. And another uh, artifact that I carry with me when I travel all over the world is an Andara crystal. And Andara is a stone of unconditional love. It's a stone that is being gifted to the earth and the guardians of the stone. It's coming through Native American lands. And it's also, many people, as I mentioned, believe that within Mount Shasta is the inner city of Telos. And within Telos, there is a great healing temple. And in that healing temple, there is a great stone that emanates healing energy. And it is an Andara, which is a green um beautiful green stone and that's what will actually be receiving this energy coming in at 1111 which is all about a love vibration and then that's emanated across the planet so i have carried this one particular andar crystal which has now been in thousands of ceremonies all over the world and again it's it's one that is continually carried from one circle to the next circle to the next circle it's been blessed by shaman holy men and women from all beliefs and all faiths and people just place it over their heart they receive the healing that comes from the stone itself and then they put their intention of sending love back and then it continues to be carried around the world and that these two things, plus the experiences that I have had as a messenger, I continue to weave the knowledge and continue to weave the energy of one sacred place to another. So even if someone feels drawn to a particular place and would like to join in one of the White Wolf journeys but can't physically make it for different reasons, I always carry the energy with me, and people are always connecting energetically can be right there having the same experience. So all our listeners um, could actually be with you tonight at 11.11. For the full moon tonight or connected with the 11.11 energy. Absolutely. All they need to do, I have literally clients and students that are all over the world, and I try to send out newsletters updating them with information about some of the effects we're going to feel from the different planetary influences. I put out information about how to really connect on, for example, this full moon or the 1111. If someone were to go on the website, there's a place that says Weave the Web, and I always update information there. 
Plus, if I have, uh, there's a place to sign up to actually receive the newsletters and receive that information. But for tonight, if someone just sits and holds the space, one of the things that I've shared for people all over the world to connect with our circle is if you'll just take a white rose. Rose holds the vibration of love. The color white is all about the purity. And just take the rose petals and create a circle with those rose petals. And in the circle, if you'll place a violet candle, and you light that violet candle, or purple, or if you can't find it, a white candle is just fine. It's mainly the intention. But by lighting it tonight between 7 and 10 and just sitting still, you're going to connect with the energy that we're creating here. And it is a very powerful night to feel your physical self, this part of you that could be going through your struggles, your challenges. Feel yourself connecting with that other part of you, that spirit side of you, your divine self that truly knows everything that you need to know. Just take that time to sit and be still. That candle is illuminating the pathway. Look at that candle and connect to that fire. That is a fire of transformation tonight with this full moon energy. You can, on a piece of paper, write down what your burdens are, write down what your challenges are, what you wish to transform, and you can use that fire. One of the things that I have people do is write all those challenges down and then fold that paper away from you because that symbolizes that you're giving it back to the universe. You no longer want to carry those burdens. You no longer want to hold on to those challenges. You no longer want to be angry at that person who did something or betrayed you or disappointed you because it's taking your life force to hold on to that anger. Whatever it is, write it on that piece of paper. I always have uh, someone put the words on the bottom, so be it and so it is, because you are symbolically giving it back by folding that paper away from you. And then light that paper with the flame of that candle. If you really place that intention, tonight is a powerful night. You can let go of your guilt. You can let go of your concerns, your worries, your fears. And I know that there's not one person on the planet that's not experiencing that because this frequency has been building to bring all of that to the surface so that we have an opportunity to clear it and release it. But even if you're by yourself and you're doing your own personal ceremony, you're connecting to people all over the world and we're each supporting each other because we're each so connected by this cosmic spider web that when one of us has a success, all of us feel that energy of moving forward. And at the same time, when one of us falls behind, we can feel that. And in order for all of us to move through this doorway of the 1111, we have to take each other's hand and we have to do it together. Wow. And then tomorrow there's the 11-11 in the morning and 11-11 at night. Right. Are you having a sacred ceremony both 11-11? Yes, I am. And Robin, you know what? I, I was just, just going to say, do you have a book that that you've written down, these wonderful events that you have brought together and and that that people can look back on what you've done? <laughs> My husband would love to hear you say that. I'm actually, 
I have, uh, first of all, I have one book that I put out every year if anyone's interested in. I will do a book on the energy of the year. In fact, I am just in the process of having it printed for 2012. It's the 2012 Moon Cycle and Sacred Sabbath book. And I identify each of the full moons, the new moons, the eclipses, the Mercury retrogrades. I talk about the energy of the year. I give rituals for people to do to really honor the moon cycles. And the reason we want to honor the moon cycles is it gives us an opportunity with a new moon or a full moon to literally reconnect to ourselves, to reconnect to nature. New moons are always the timing of new beginnings, planting the seeds, setting the intention. Full moons are coming into our power. Full moons are completing things. There's wonderful rituals that we can do. And because of being gifted with the knowledge from all the different elders that have been handed on to me, I consider myself to not have one particular belief or faith. Mine is a universal faith. So I always try to share, perhaps it's a a ritual that was given to me by a Balinese elder. Perhaps it's a a ritual that was given to me by a Cherokee or a Mayan elder. So I try to share the teachings from all over the world and then different things that people can do, such as if they need to restore their faith or they need to move out of depression, there there are things that you can do. Um, if you want to do a, a, a prayer or a ritual to open your heart up to receive love or to align with a partner or to literally attract in new opportunities, I try to identify lots of different rituals and then you choose which one works for you. So as I mentioned, that's available. And every year I put that out. And every year for people who pre-order, I actually will do a personal message for them in their book. But the cutoff date for the pre-order actually happens to be November 15th. And then in answer to your other question, I've had people asking me for years and years and years to actually write the story, and I'm actually going to be taking um, several months off to finish the very book. But my (laughs) husband's been on me, so he'll just love the fact that you asked me that question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just thinking, I mean, of all these beautiful places that you've been and you know, and I imagine there's been a lot of places where you're, you're just your whole body becomes so excited. But I, you know, sometimes when I've gone places, there's been an area that I've entered, and my heart begins to tickle like I could hardly believe. It's just, it is just so ecstatic. And you know, if you have one of those moments that you can share with our listeners, that would be great. And just let me before you do that, let me just let you know there's been a caller calling in and. She wanted to know, again, about the time zone in particular. Now, we are in California or <clears throat> and Mount Shasta in that area, so it will be, you know, 11, 11, 11, <clears throat> which is tomorrow. It's Pacific, like, time. Um, Pacific time. Pacific time, thank you. <laughs> so Eastern Standard Time would be uh, three hours ahead and... Um, so it would be, if, if they're on the East Coast, if they're aligning with the circle that we're doing here, it would be 2.11 in the afternoon, and then hmm, 2 in the morning. Mountain time. Yeah. Oh, oh mountain time? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, well, is, no, I mean Eastern Standard Time. That That's correct. Two yeah, o'clock would be Eastern Yeah, they're three Standard hours time. ahead of us. That's if you want to particularly align with this energy. But I, as I mentioned, I have clients and students all over the world. And the energy of this 1111, it is designed to be a wave of energy. So wherever you are at your 1111 is when you're going to receive that energy. So you don't have to, you know, I, people don't have to get up at 2 in the morning to connect with our group at 1111. You certainly can, but the one thing about our human earth experience is we've confined ourselves to time limits, and this is the only planet that has that illusion of a time constraint. So everything is simultaneously happening at the same time. So wherever she is, if she's just still and silent at her time, 11.11 for 11 minutes, opens her heart up, asks to receive the healing energy, asks to receive the guidance, she will feel that wave of love coming because it's ongoing here on the on the mountain um, and all, all over the world. Again, there are thousands of circles being created on the planet coming together at 11.11, so it's like a time capsule. Just one's happening here, and an hour later will be happening there as this wave's flowing. So I wouldn't get too concerned about trying to hook up um, at a particular time other than her 11.11. Yeah. Well, okay, then the next thing, let's give your website out again. Okay, that is, of course, www.dot, and then the color white, the animal wolf, journeys, with an S, dot com. And for more information on the events that we're doing here in Mount Shasta, there is a link, um, it says upcoming events, and then even for people who want more information on the 11.11, that's posted, and then there's a link for Weave the Web, and that kind of goes into the the journeys that I try to share and the insight and the wisdom that's gifted to me. And we're constantly updating that and posting to that. And if anybody would like to sign up for to receive the newsletters, they can certainly do that. And also they can uh, order the book for twelve. Right, the uh, ritual book. Yes. I think that's under items for sale. I don't do the website. My husband does that. <laughs> well, speaking of your husband, <laughs> how is... Yeah. Did you meet him, and how did he get involved in this beautiful journey? Well, that's actually quite the amazing story, too. I, um, his sisters had been students of, and clients of mine for years and years, and he's actually from the Sacramento area. And about, oh, must be about 17 years ago now, they actually brought him to me for reading, and he was married, living in Sacramento, and I was actually married and living in San Clemente at the time. And oftentimes I will see someone's uh, power animal or their totem animal. And I remember when he sat down before me, he had a black wolf, and I had never seen that before. And that was the only time I saw him. Years and years went by, and my life changed and his life changed, and it would be about... 13 years later, and another brother uh, would be getting married, and I was invited by the two sisters to go to the wedding. I was single now at that time, and he was single, still living in the Sacramento area. 
And interesting enough, for several years I would have an experience where in the middle of the day I would see this vision out of the corner of my eye and I saw the image of a canyon and on top of the canyon was a black wolf looking at me. And then about a year later I'd have that vision again, but now the black wolf had come down from the canyon and was standing on a ledge. And a couple of years after that, I remember having a vision of this black wolf was now standing in front of me. And right about the same time is when I was invited to the wedding. And I didn't put two and two together. And then at the wedding, uh, my husband actually came up and asked me to dance. And he took my hand and that old description of being hit by lightning, I felt a lightning bolt go right through me. I looked up at him, and I knew that we were destined to be together, and I saw the image of the black wolf. And then I remembered these visions I'd been having leading up to this for the last several years. So he very much carries the black wolf energy, and then I've always had the white wolf as my animal presence. And... um, we're great together, although he describes our relationship as bewitched. I'm Samantha and he's Darren. And everyone <laughs> who knows us um, describes our relationship as that, too. <laughs> well, okay, let me go... I was going to say, let me, let me go back and let me ask you, you know, prior before me giving you your website. Are you there? I am. Hello? Okay. I do. <laughs> Um, prior to uh, everything, I, I had asked you if there was something that tickled your heart, and um, and uh, if you could kind of kind of look on back her, and on one of her journeys, you mean? Yeah, on one of her journeys, right? Oh boy, every every journey I have ever done has had some type of magic to it. But since I'm at Mount Shasta. Let me share with you uh, a very powerful experience that I had in 1997. I had actually just taken a a group to Glastonbury, England, which is the place of Avalon. And while I was there, I was given the guidance I needed to come to Mount Shasta. So I came home from England, and I led another journey here to Mount Shasta. And it was in August of 1997. And my intention was to take everyone to the top of the mountain to the very sacred grounds known as Panther Meadows that had been sacred to the Native American Indians to do a sunset ceremony. So I did. I I think we had about 16 people with us at the time. And we had such a powerful meditation at sunset that we almost went into an altered state. And by the time I realized it, The sun had set, and it was now pitch black dark, and I had only intended on being there for the sunset. And now I had to get these people safely down the mountain back to the parking lot, and we didn't have flashlights or torches. And I'm thinking, okay, Spirit, you've got to help me with this because I've got to get 16 people safely down, and we can't really see where we're going. And I just kind of held the space. And I looked at the mountain, and coming towards me were what I thought were two fireflies. And I kind of watched these fireflies doing a dance. And then it came into vision that these weren't fireflies. These were two people, and they were two people carrying lanterns. And they were dressed in the description of 
the Lemurian people. They were wearing long robes, and the Lemurians, they're known to be very, very tall. And because they've never fallen under the illusion, their third eye is very open and expanded to the point that their physical body, the third eye, literally protrudes almost like the size of a walnut. So they're known to always have their heads wrapped in cloth to protect that third eye from falling into illusion. One was a man with a beard, and the other was his companion, a female, and they walked up to us with the lanterns. And the man walked up to me and literally said, we know who you are, and we know why you're here, and we're grateful for what you're doing, and we've come to help you down the mountain. And he gave me his name and literally told me he had been the guardian of this place for 5,000 years. And we physically... The lantern shone. We walked down the mountain. Now, I have 16 people that were with me, so I'm not having, you know, I'm not dreaming. And we got down to the parking lot, and people were cold at this point, so they were going to go get in the car. And he said, wait, the mountain's not finished with you. And he literally reached into the side of his robe, pulled out a pouch, and he took out amethyst crystals, and he gave one to each person in the group and then I turned around to help someone and when I turned back around they were gone so that is one of the magical experiences that have happened on this mountain and I've probably got four or five other stories similar to that of what's happened here but every every journey I go to magic happens if you go with an open heart and you go seeking whatever knowledge, no expectation, just seeking, that magic takes place. What is your You know, it's amazing what life presents to us sometimes. And, and it de- definitely does make uh, our experiences just just rapturous. I mean, I mean literally, it, it opens doors. That we that we almost anticipate such wonderful things happening again, you know. And that is the whole point of working with moon energy, reconnecting to nature. If we do that, we can reconnect to the magic of, of our journey. And it doesn't have to be the struggle. It doesn't have to be the challenge. Those struggles and challenges, of course, give us the opportunities to grow. But we lose sight of the purpose of this journey. And it is to experience life to the fullest. It is to see the beauty in everything. And it is to remind us that in order to reconnect to the beauty of the journey, and next year, by the way, the energy of 2012 is walking the path of beauty and making that choice. But the only way to do that is to make a conscious effort to reconnect to nature, to reconnect to your soul energy, to find your truth, then the burdens aren't so heavy. Then the challenges we can see as opportunities to grow. But it's about finding that magic again. And that's part of what I know my sole purpose is, is to create experiences to help people reconnect to their soul energy, to find their truth, to help them to see the world with different eyes, and to help them to really remember we're all connected and this truly is a beautiful, beautiful journey if we allow ourselves to have it. 
did you connect to any of your past lives with um, any places that you had connected with? Yeah, oh, a lot of times. The description that um, I think Tav may have mentioned about getting that tingling feeling or just that sensation, I have that many times when I go someplace. I see things that have happened there before. My soul will have that kind of connection for me of all the places I have journeyed to and traveled to and each have their magic and and their beauty. For me, my strongest connection is New Zealand. I've had vivid, vivid memory of having been there. And the wonderful movie that came out by James Cameron, Avatar, when I saw that movie, and in the movie it's the planet Pandora, Pandora really exists, and it existed on the island of New Zealand. It just, when I saw that movie, it touched my heart. New Zealand is a place that when I travel there, the moment I land, the land speaks to me. And I'm overwhelmed with joy because it holds the vibration of the original blueprint of our earth being in harmony, of man being in harmony with nature, crystal clear waters that provided healing, beautiful emerald green landscape and to have that movie come out it was like yes yes there's a remembrance and people will see that movie it will trigger something inside of them and they'll be searching to recreate that experience here on earth they'll be waking up and we'll be creating pandora again but new zealand for me touches that and i've i've seen lifetimes of having been there as a child having been there as a messenger, I've had full vision of the ancient continent of Lemuria, of working with dolphin essences. You know, that's well, pretty but- interesting. My my father um, and mother uh, spent 11 years, almost 12 years of their latter years there, and they became a citizen of New Zealand. Uh, that island truly, islands were truly my father's magical experience that he had and um they they loved it there they it was just incredible it uh it's truly truly magical i'm going to be going back there in april for me it's a place that absolutely nurtures your soul it peels away the layers of illusion it takes you back to your original source of energy i'm going to be running several journeys there next year Oh, great. People can go on to your website and yes. uh, look at the journeys that you have planned. So let's give out your uh, website one more time for people to hop on and look at all the magical things on it. Okay. It's, uh, again, www.whitewolfjourneys.com. Thank you for sharing your magical days and uh, and upcoming events with us. Uh, it's been a I'm magic sure. interview. <laughs> it's been Our wonderful talking to you two ladies as well. I wish you much magic tonight and with the 1111. Thank well, you we'll so be with much. you. Well, I don't know about Taz, but I'll be with you. <laughs> yeah, you so I'll, I'll connect. So, and, I, and I'm sure some of our listeners will too. So there's... Uh, you can have a large crowd, physical or not. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank Happy you so 11, much, Robin. Happy 11-11 to everyone. 
Yes. <laughs> Have a magical day. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.